Good morning, dear brethren, and praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Like Agnes shared, my name is Joy Vanjana. I would like to thank God and the management cathedral, cathedral management for yet another opportunity to share the word of God. Let us continue in prayer. My Lord and my King, Almighty God, we continue to bless your name this morning. I confess of all unrighteousness. I am unworthy, Lord. Let my words and my thoughts be pleasing to you, Lord, this morning. Silence all other voices. Speak to me. Speak through me. And speak to us this morning, that today we grow in the unity of the Holy Spirit to the glory and honor of your mighty name. Amen. Please, Agnes, confirm I am audible. Yes, you are. Thank you. The topic I was given is citizens of the kingdom. The scripture this morning is Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 to 20. I will read. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. The background to this scripture, Apostle Paul wrote this letter to the church he had started in Ephesus. Paul reflects on God's great plan to rescue the entire universe from the power of sin and Satan. He uses the power to give us new life in Christ and to unite us in the family of the church. Before Christ, Paul's Gentile readers were unknown outsiders. They had no connection to God whatsoever. Being spiritually dead and not part of his chosen nation Israel. These imperfections were replaced with a blessing at the point of salvation. Apostle Paul further explains how the gospel extends hope, how the gospel extends promise, and a relationship with God to the Jews and Gentiles alike. Most of Ephesus' church would have been Gentiles, and Paul frequently found himself countering anti-Gentile sentiments along various churches. Like I said, our topic this morning is citizens of the kingdom. Brethren, have you ever wondered what it means to have a heavenly citizenship of the kingdom? Well, the Bible tells us in Philippians chapter 3 verse 20, that we are citizens of heaven, 
where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. Ephesians chapter 3, Ephesians 3, sorry, chapter 1, verse 13 says, And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believe in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit in whom he promised long ago. I would like us to define citizen. A citizen is a person who legally belongs to a country and has rights and protection of that country. A citizen of a country, you are granted rights. For example, you have the right to vote. You have the right to work and the right to pay your taxes and so on and so forth. A citizen adopts the culture and the practices of a nation or a kingdom to which they belong. There are rules and laws you must follow as a citizen of that particular country. Citizenship is very important because the country which you have citizenship is one of the most significant things about you. Your citizenship plays a major role in forming your identity. Everything from your culture, your worldview, to your value systems are all shaped based on the country in which you are a citizen. The definition of a kingdom is simply a territory that is ruled by a king or a queen. In our context, the biblical definition of the kingdom of God can be summarized as follows. The kingdom of God is the realm where God Almighty reigns supreme. Jesus Christ is king. I would like us to look at the spiritual kingdom of God and of Satan. The kingdom of God consists of God, the Father, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, spiritual beings called angels, and all men who live in righteous obedience to God's word. All these belong to the kingdom of God or spiritual forces of good or spiritual forces of light. While the kingdom of Satan is characterized by evil demonic forces, it is the kingdom of darkness. Please note that these, these two kingdoms are always in constant conflict, according to Revelation. In the interest of time, I will encourage you to go back and read a little more about these kingdoms. These two kingdoms 
the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of Satan are not imaginary or philosophical const- constructs. They are not. These two kingdoms are real. They are real, but not political or geographical kingdoms. Rather, they are worldwide and exist in people's hearts. Every person in the world belongs to one of these kingdoms. Every human being is born into the kingdom of this world in which Satan rules. Second Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4 says, Satan, the God of evil, the God of this evil world has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. So they are unable to see the glorious light of the good news that is shining upon them. They are unable to see those who belong to the kingdom of darkness. They are unable to see. They are blinded. They don't understand the message that we preach about the glory of Jesus Christ who is the likeness, the exact likeness of God. Scripture says that such people are so blind that even the message of the cross to those who are perishing is foolishness. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Praise the Lord. Consequently, we grow up adopting the culture, the practices, and values that Satan instigates. I would like us to read scripture in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was the shrewdest of all the creatures the Lord God had made. He asked the woman, did God really say that you must not eat of any of the fruit in the garden? This is total deception, brethren, by Satan, the father of lies. Satan. Satan's kingdom enslaves its citizens. Okay? Satan's kingdom enslaves its citizens. Romans chapter 6 says, Don't you realize that whatever you choose to obey becomes your master? You can choose sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God and receive approval. With darkened hearts and mind, people blindly follow Satan into the into every sin that pulls them deeper and deeper into slavery. They remain captives in this kingdom of sin headed by destruction until Jesus frees them. Briefly, I would like us to look at the characteristics of those who pursue the kingdom of Satan or earthly citizenship. 
from our passage today, this morning in Ephesians chapter 2, I'd like us to look at verse 1. Once you were dead, doomed because of your many sins, you used to live just like the rest of the world, full of sin and obeying Satan. And all of us lived that way, following the passions and desires of our evil nature, where we were under God's anger. From this passage, characteristic number one of worldly citizenship is that the members are doomed. They have sins. They obey Satan and the like. They are wicked. Second characteristic is that they follow worldly pleasures, worldly passions of evil, of evil nature, and God's anger is upon them. Scripture says in Philippians chapter 3, I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows that they are really enemies of Christ. Their future is eternal destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things. And all they think about is this life here on earth. I would like you, as we go along, I would like you, the Spirit of God, to help each one of us to evaluate our stand this morning. Where do you belong? Where do I belong? Scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 says, Do you know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor greedy or drunkards, nor slanders, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Brethren, we are talking about heavenly citizenship. I am reminded of the story of Jesus and Nicodemus in John chapter 3, verse 3. Jesus replied, I assure you, unless you are born again, you can never see the kingdom of God. Unless you are born again, are you on call this morning? Turn from your sins and turn to God because the kingdom of God is near. Romans chapter 7, Romans chapter 14, verse 17 says, The kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat. The kingdom of God is not a matter of what we drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and holy ghosts. I pray this morning that we'll hear the voice of God. Spirit of the living God, may I hear your voice this morning. Praise the Lord.
scripture says, Jesus spent much of his earthly ministry explaining the kingdom of God. Are you explaining the kingdom of God out there? Matthew 4.17 says, Jesus compared the kingdom of God to many things, including wheat in the field which weeds grew along with the wheat. The plants appeared identical at first, but were separated at harvest time. The truth is, oftentimes, citizens of heaven and those of this world appear identical, and no one but God knows the difference. For all creation is waiting for that future day for when God will reveal who his children really are. Many people may appear to be citizens of heaven when in fact no rebirth has ever taken place in their hearts. Scripture in First John chapter 2 says, Stop loving this evil world and all that it offers you. For when you love the world, you show that you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure and they are momentary. A craving for everything we see and the pride in our achievements and possessions. Brethren, these are not from the Father, but from the world. When God grants us his kingdom, citizenship in heaven, we become new creatures. He sends his Holy Spirit to indwell in our spirit and our bodies become his temple. That's what makes the difference. The Holy Spirit begins to transform our simple worldly nature. The Holy Spirit begins to transform our simple worldly desires into those that glorify God. His goal is to make us you and I, much like Jesus, as possible in this life. I would like briefly to look at the privilege of being a citizen of the kingdom of God. Again, I will refer us to scripture in Ephesians chapter 2. Before I read, I would like to emphasize that those who have been born again into God's family or the kingdom of God are so blessed. It's the highest privilege, brethren, to be born in the kingdom of God. From the text again, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4, God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that 
even while we were dead because of our sins, God gave us life. That's a privilege. He raised us from the dead. We are seated with him in the heavenly realms. God can always point out to us as examples of the incredible wealth of his favor. We, you and I, are highly favored. What a privilege. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 says, Therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Friends, Christ has experienced the results of our sins. So there is no further condemnation awaiting the children of God. If we trust him, if our lives are for him, we do not need to be afraid. Sin has physical penalties in this life, but for those who are in Christ, it has no ultimate penalty for us. In addition, I would like to say that there are spiritual blessings which born-again Christians enjoy in this life as citizens in God's kingdom. All spiritual blessings are available to us, me and you, in Christ Jesus. Scripture in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 says, How we praise God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we belong to Christ. What a joy. The privilege of prayer as sons of Christ, we can call to God our Father anytime, anywhere and come before his throne with our praises, with all thanksgiving and make our requests known to him. In Jesus, we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins in accordance with riches of God's grace that he lavished upon us. Praise the Lord. The privilege of sonship in Romans chapter 8 still stands as citizens in the kingdom. We can ask for forgiveness as we continue to walk in the light of Christ and repenting of all our sins. It's a privilege which the people in the dark world do not have or do not understand. All the same, we continue to pray that the light of God will shine in the dark world. Praise God. As members of God's family, we are bonded together by great relationships with born-again believers in Jesus Christ. It's a privilege. We are so blessed to have brothers and sisters in the Lord who take to heart and carry out the Lord's instructions of love, of being hospitable, to serve one another 
we comfort one another, we edify one another in the body of Christ. Praise the Lord. Citizens in God's kingdom, we further enjoy an optimistic outlook of the future. We are so privileged to be heirs. We have hope, hope of internal inheritance of heaven. We are given the privilege and power of exiting the world's imperfect value system and living for eternity. As citizens of the kingdom, we belong, we become adopted into God's family. We become citizens of eternal kingdom, brethren, where our father is the king. Our focus, therefore, turns from this earthly nature, this earthly stance. Our focus turns towards things above where we store treasures in heaven. We consider ourselves, you and I, believers in Jesus Christ as ambassadors to this earth until our Father sends us home. That's another privilege. You and I are ambassadors taking good news far and near while you and I are on earth. We also share in Abraham's experience of living like a stranger in a foreign land. This is not your home. This is not my home. We are looking forward to a city with foundations whose architect and builder is Jesus Christ. Please note the priorities of an earthly citizen. The earthly citizen is concerned with only the temporary things of this world. Only temporally. Temporally. Whereas the priorities of a heavenly citizen should be heavenly concerned primarily with things of eternal value. For example, our primary concern, you and I, as children of God, is, should be, the great commission in Matthew 28. Go make Christ known to the world. Go win a soul for the kingdom of God. Start with your family. Start with your relative. Start with your neighbor. Go. Go share the good news. 2022, we made resolutions. I want to believe you and I made resolution in the spirit of God. Ask yourself, as I ask myself, how far have I gone? How far have I gone with winning souls for Christ? Brethren, next month is mission month. Please be aligned in the kingdom of God. Paul says to the Colossians, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts 
on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. The new heavenly position in Christ should affect how you and I live. We should take off the clothes of sin. When I say clothes, I don't mean these physical clothes. I'm talking about the spiritual garments. Take off the clothes of sin and put on the clothes of righteousness, such as patience, forgiveness, compassion, peace of Christ to rule our hearts, humility, love, as a child of God. People should be able to identify us as citizens of heaven because of the clothes that we wear. The attitudes that we display. How is your attitude? In other words, my position in Christ, your position in Christ should affect everything. I mean everything. The citizen of heaven, you and I, if you have confessed Christ, you the citizen of heaven, me the citizen of heaven, this morning we are reminded that we, you, I, are free from the wrath of God. We are free from the wrath of God. Secondly, we are free from enslavement of sin. Praise the Lord. We have a king, a high priest who intercedes on our behalf and who is our advocate with the Father because we have been clothed in righteousness of Jesus Christ. As I conclude, Paul repeatedly emphasizes that salvation is accomplished on the basis of grace through faith. Good works, human efforts, and our best intentions will never be enough to earn salvation. Every person is marked with sin both deliberate sin and accidental sin. And for this reason, we deserve to be separated from God. But praise the Lord, by his grace, we are saved. The Jews always thought that they were the only people God were. The Jews always thought that they were the only people of God who were so close to him, they underlooked others. It is only through his mercy and grace can we be saved, leaving no room for bragging. We don't need to brag. This also means that all who are saved, Jews and Gentiles alike, are part of the same spiritual family of God. There is no cause of hospital there is no cause of, hospi- of hostility between believers. Absolutely no cause of hospital 
hostility of believers. We are all unworthy people and all saved by the same kindness of God through the blood of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Lastly, it is only Jesus that restores men from their sinful nature. And he did it through his death and resurrection of the cross. Scripture says, if we confess our sins, you and I, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Praise the living God.